tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. MPM Access is always brought to you by Simtex Tanks. It is strong, it is tough, a little bit test, experience greatness in every moment. Ghana AIDS Commission and Pepsodent, every smile matters. And if you really want a tank that will store water and last almost forever, then you need to think about Simtex Tanks. It is first introduced the double layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. It is bespoke, you can order any color, any size or preference, and they will deliver. And they also introduce you to uh, that uh, extraordinary warranty. Nobody else has it. That is up to seven years warranty. You can call them. They are nationwide uh, across the country. 0244 uh, 335 or shop online at syntexgh.com. Syntex tanks are strong, are tough. And of course, Pepsodent Cavity Fighter is fortified with uh, profluoride and microcalcium ingredients, uh, sealing tiny. And invisible holes in your teeth. This prevents cavities, keeps your teeth strong and mouth healthy. Pepsodent cavity is uh, one that you need to get. It comes in 150 5G, a big family pack of 120 gram, Jaqua Park, a 65 gram, and 12 gram sachet. So you can always get what you can afford at any time. Don't just use toothpaste that brushes your teeth, use Pepsodent that protects your teeth. Pepsodent is recommended by the Ghana Dental Association. Every smile matters. And my guest joining me for this very important conversation is uh, Suleimana Abdurrahman. is a national president of TIL, and he joins me in the studio. Well, we, all, we can also speak tonight on PM Express to the executive secretary of the National Labor Commission. And as you know, each time the workers proceed on strike, all they send him the notice, it comes to his attention, and he has to find a way to deal with it. Fusua Samwa is the head of the NLC. Joshua Ansam, he's no stranger to PM Express. Uh, he's my guest also. He's a Deputy Secretary General of the TUC. Professor Godfrey Bokwin is joining me. Why? He is Economist and Professor of Finance at the University of Ghana Business School. A lot of what we are talking about has to do with the IMF program that we are currently under. If the IMF program wasn't there, much of this wouldn't happen. At least the 15%. VAT on electricity consumption. So let's put all that in context. If the workers do not really want the 15% VAT, and government said they, they can't implement it either, what's the alternative? We'll get to that. I want to get uh, Joshua Sanchez's thoughts. Joshua, uh, thanks for joining us again. Um, we are now at 9.22 p.m. And it's been at least 48 hours, 24 hours since we read the story that Cabinet has decided to withdraw the 15% VAT on electricity consumed. Have you had any formal communication on this subject? Good evening to your cherished viewers this evening. And I must say that as I speak to you now, we have not received any official communication from the government since the rumors broke out this morning or this dawn. Because I had it this done in the morning, I also heard one of the papers reporting. Mm. But officially, 
we have not received any official communication from the government. Okay, so that, that, that I, I presume then that your position hasn't changed. The, the, the protest is on and the strike is on. No, Ivans, the, the process is still on because we indicated that the process will change, our minds will change, and the decision will change if and only if government withdraws unconditionally the imposition of 15% VAT on the electricity bill to the lifeline workers in this very country. Okay. So our position is still on. The process is ongoing. We have started wearing our red armbands. We started using red. Most of offices are cladded in red, and uh, we, are, we are marching forward. Okay. Um, since the government issued a statement last week, the finance ministry, beyond this reported cabinet meeting, has anybody called from government to say, come, let's talk? Because that's what the finance ministry statement said will happen. No, it was, unfortunately, nothing of that sort has happened. Mm. So we are waiting to see if something will happen. When, we, when the news broke out this morning, I said that definitely by the close of the day, if it is true, government... Uh, machinery will definitely come out to either confirm or deny what is in the in the public domain. But unfortunately, it has not happened, and nobody has also called us to any meeting because we for, we indicated in our first release that the time for meetings and negotiations are over, and until the imposition of the VAT is withdrawn totally, we don't think Labour is not prepared to give anybody a chance again. Okay. I know you've written to the police now. All regional commanders have been served and that notice of your planned protest on the 13th of February. Have you at least alerted the NMC, the National Labour Commission? No, we have not alerted the NMC because this is a nationwide demonstration. We haven't got into the strike yet where NMC must be informed. But okay. we think that uh, by the 13th of this month, we know for sure that maybe government will have change of mind and actually write officially to actually change its decision so that Labour can also change the decision. Because the consequences of this intended nationwide strike action is, 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 cannot be underestimated. And government should know that it is not TUC, it is not only organized Labour, it is everyone in this very country. And when you say organized Labour, it comprises of every worker in this very country, be it public or uh, private, be it uh, informal or formal, market women, taxi drivers, Uber drivers, GPRTU, and so on and so forth. So the consequences will be a die to this very country, mm. which all of us will not be happy to see. Okay. So we are still waiting that government should issue a formal letter to draw the imposition of the 50%, but if only it is true that cabinet have met to take that decision. Yeah, and, and but, the, but the roadmap is clear. After the third team, if you don't get what you're asking for, then the strike, then the strike follows. The strike follows. Okay. Yes, it follows. Then the, it follows. that's that's uh, uh, Mr. Samoa with the NMC. That's notice to you, is it not? Perhaps, perhaps it's constructive notice. <laughs> but 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 let me ask you, you: You're a worker yourself. You've heard what the Labour had said, and their plan is yes. very clear. Um, yes. If third team, nothing happens everybody else is going to stop work, right? So what's the NLC's position on this? Um, at the moment, uh, the commission has not taken a position on it, like you and I have heard, and of course, all the commissioners have heard of this. Uh, but like Mr. Ansan said, this is a demonstration they are going to do in one day or less, perhaps do a march in the morning and go back to work. It's not a full blue strike. 
But if you look at it technically, once it is um, intended to reduce um, what they normally do, because go your demonstration on that day, you will not go to work. So output is going to be reduced. People are going to be absent from work. And it is intended to press their employers, of course, those in the government sector. We don't know about the private sector. He's talking about organized labor. So, but it is to press over demand for a better welfare of all their workers. So technically, it's a strike. But I don't think that uh, we can hold them too hard and fast to the demands of the law by saying we should be giving that notice. So I doubt very much. Okay, good. So that's uh, the subject with the uh, organized labor on the subject. And I, 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 I want to expand this a bit more. And I'll come to the studio, Tewu has it your own, because this is, we're putting this together uh, to just get a sense of where Labour stands in terms of its relationship with government and what they're asking for. So I'll come to the studio pretty shortly. But I'll bring in uh, very quickly uh, Professor Goffred Bokpoy. Uh, Prof, this is a fight over 15% VAT, and as we illustrate, that 15% VAT on electricity consumed is part of our agreement with the IMF. So, there's only one question to ask. If the Labor unions say they don't want it. Government circles have told us it's, uh, there's a clamor within government itself that this shouldn't be implemented. Can the government find a way out of this, considering that they put this forth when they met the IMF in a greener program? Yes, certainly, um, yeah. That's quite a difficult situation um, that government finds itself, uh, more so because... Um, if you look at the the energy sector, in fact, is the biggest problem the country is facing right now. Right, Evans. If you look at the energy sector shortfall from 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, it's more than 90 billion cities. Right, and and annually that works to more than 23 billion cities. Right, that has to be closed. But if you look at the approach government has adopted to close that, and I think that is where the problem is, right? So there are inefficiencies, both technical, commercial, from generation, transmission, distribution, and then also ECG itself is very poor at collecting its revenue and all of that. If you put all of that together and you look at the level of utility adjustment under this program alone from the first quarter of 2023, first quarter, the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and then also the VAT, uh, the 15% VAT on the consumption. I think that's just too much, right? So for purposes of efficient pricing, without a certain level of efficiency, you can never talk about realistic pricing. You keep imposing more taxes and utility adjustment, and, and it will not solve the problem. So there's there's... And, and once you continue that way, it's like you are majoring on the minor, right? And, and then again, you also want to look at the composition, the mix. If you look at residential consumers versus corporate and the rest of them and all of that, I think that government has not thought through the optimal way of closing uh, uh, that shortfall, okay, rather than just passing the burden on consumers and all of that. The reality on the ground is that there's practically no fiscal space for the average Ghanaian and even for businesses to take on additional taxes or levies or whatever. Government 
we are just pushing ourselves increasingly to the point where the only option left will be that there will be some kind of disruption. And government should have known that much earlier. And, and I don't think that it is so much of the doing of the IMF, right? Because in terms of the broad framework of what kind of fiscal balance you want to have, and then what revenue and the rest of them, that, and the specific strategies that the government intends to adopt is entirely within the remit of the government. Yeah, but, 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 okay, but Prof, remember first and foremost. But, but Prof, very quickly, though, on this same subject. So if not 15%, we still have to find a way of making up for the revenue that we will lose if we don't implement the 15%. Is there room for that? And where could government possibly get yes. that 15% from? Uh, fisc- Evans, fiscal adjustment has two layers, revenue and expenditure. If you look at the way the IMF program is designed, the bulk of the fiscal adjustment is coming from revenue, more taxes, and far less from expenditure. So if, if, if the government approaches that, we are going to keep our lifestyle. We are not going to cut wasteful expenditure in order to ease the burden on Ghanaian households and private sector. But we have a population we can keep taxing. I think that is not that is not prudent. That is not acceptable. And even that is not the way to go either. Okay, so because we can continue on that path, and there will still not be a way out. So I think it's about finding the specific mix of the revenue and then the expenditure adjustment that eases the burden also on household and businesses. That as we as you try to restore macroeconomic stability, it doesn't come so much at great cost to households and private sector. I think we, we are getting that balancing wrong, and that is where the problem is. And if, if you look at the energy sector from the entire value chain, from gen from generation to transmission to distribution, you can see that. And even if you look at uh, the revenue that ECG collects, ECG doesn't keep to the to the requirement of the cash waterfall mechanism. Mm right okay that is that is part of the energy sector recovery plan and the rest of them okay so there are real issues about liquidity management that are we need to look at okay and the inefficiencies there which is also aided even significantly by politically connected transactions okay through procurements that is mostly shrouded in in, in, in lack of transparency and disclosure okay that imposes costs Okay. On the consumer. So in, in other words, what you're saying, there are significant loopholes. Yeah, significant loopholes there that can be brought to raise additional revenue. But practically, pr- practically where we are Precisely. tonight, practically where we are tonight, government will have to need to have a very difficult conversation with the IMF uh, on this 15% VAT on electricity consumption. How do you anticipate that conversation will go? Would it be easy for the government to have its way if indeed what we're hearing is the fact that the cabinet, the president himself, is not in favor of implementation? Yeah, even if you look at that 15%, okay, and you do the calculation with respect to residential consumers, that is not what is going to change the game necessarily. You know, there are some tax handles that have, have, that bring so much inconvenience to the citizens that bring so little to the revenue envelope. Mm. You should look at the optimal mix, right? And then you also look at you. So you are looking at the whole picture. You are looking at what uh, expenditure rationalization you can do. What kind of look? If we we would allow ECG to operate independently without political interference, 
and and will allow the procurement and all to be to be done transparently and efficiently evans these problems can easily be solved the problem is that the politicians politically connected transactions if it inflate costs okay on the average Ghanaian, and if we continue like this look evans it doesn't matter the level of adjustment there will always be losses uh, there will always be losses. If you check the collection rate of ECG, it's very low. You check with a, a considerable level of investment that we have seen in the energy sector from government. The inefficiencies, technical losses, generation, transmission, distribution, keeps rising. Well, I mean, we, we say that, but the ECG MD was here with me, and he even says, in spite of the challenges, they will still have a nightmare attempting to implement the 15% of VAT. Let me quickly bring in Joshua, and I'll come, I'll come to the studio now. Joshua, so having heard from uh, Professor Bopwick on the subject of the IMF and its uh, 15% that uh, we I agreed with them, we put a proposal. Does it strengthen your case? Or weaken your case to go on a demonstration after exactly. for it to withdraw. It strengthens it strength even as it strengthens our position and our case. And um, I believe Prof is a worker, so he understands the plight of workers. You see, let you. me add to what uh, Prof has just said. If government also establishes a way of collecting taxes effectively in this very country, Ghana will never go a borrowing from IMF. If government find a way of collecting property tax rates, Ghana will not go a begging. If government change its lifestyle, like Prof said, Ghana will not go a begging for loan outside there. So there are so many ways government must use, but because anytime government slaps something on workers, your poor workers are there, they cannot talk, they have to absorb it. But this time around, like you have said, if we are asleep, now we are working and there's no way that we are going to accept anything that is going to bring additional burden to the already uh, workers who are suffering in this very country, you were showing some 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 table on the on the on the on the on the, on the uh, 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 how do you call it on the screen screen. It is a pity. Look at the average worker salary, and look at the new rate. If this fifteen percent bar is applied, even it is going to be very difficult and very burdensome for workers in this very country. And enough of that. Enough is that, uh, Mr. Workers, Mr. Zama, do you have any sympathies for organized labor? Yes, I do. I am a worker myself, like you, you said earlier. <laughs> we all stand to suffer whatever the effect is. Uh, I have sympathy for them. Mm. I mean, they, you're part of organized labor, so are you wearing a red armband today? No, 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 no. I'm not wearing a red armband myself. But um, I've seen a few, a few, a few of my people wearing it anyway. Oh, I see. At the at the National Labour Commission. No, in the building, not within the commission. But I know we are about five institutions in the building. Okay, okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> Let me come to Abdurrahman. Abdurrahman, you have you represent Tewu right across the country, um, but you have your own substantive issues, and we'll talk about that. But on the subject, you're part of organized labor, are you not? Okay, so you, you definitely will join if that, that protest comes off on the 13th. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, and good evening to your listeners. Yes, so what it is is that uh, Teo Ghana is clearly monitoring whatever is happening as far as uh, labor, I mean, uh, and then government is concerned. Um, this 
I mean, 15%, uh, I believe everybody is crying, uh, including even government officials, because I've been told that the president himself is not comfortable implementing this. So that shows that uh, government did not actually do some due diligence behind the scenes before bringing it to the public. Because if they had done so, I'm not sure it would have come out for uh, Labour to even resist it. So if you look at, uh, I mean, the economy uh, in Ghana is, 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 is very difficult for, I mean, a common worker as far as uh, the public university is concerned. That, that directly links your substantive concern, mm. complaint, for which reason you are currently on strike. Yeah. I believe you haven't been to work in the last few days yourself. Yes. Okay. Primarily, the tier two pensions. Yeah. You say they deducted it, they, but they haven't given it to the pension managers, yeah. right? Government mm. says the economy currently is in a dire, dire place. That's why they're actually implementing 15%. They want to implement 15% on VAT. And so mm. just hold on. Sort the economy out, and you will be sorted. Well, what's the problem with that? Can't you empathize with that position? You see, the problem here is this. There is no worker in Ghana here who can default payment of tax. And before, uh, I mean, uh, our salaries are being paid into our various accounts, they deduct the tax from our salaries. And this money that we are talking about, the tier two pensions money, it is our own money. The money doesn't belong to government. It's our own salary that deducts a component to keep uh, or let me say, give it to the uh, trustees of the tier two to invest. And when uh, you are going on retirement, they will pay you the lump sum. And before they pay the lump sum, they will have invested the money so that you yield some uh, profits, which will aid, uh, I mean, uh, how to call it, your retirement packages. Mm -hmm. So this money is for us. It is not for government. So if you ask a question that the government says that we should give them some uh, time for us to, uh, I mean, solve I am a problem. I think uh, we may have to come again. We think that, as uh, the TUC Secretary General rightly said, if government try to stop the loopholes, I believe we will not be struggling to borrow money outside the country. Why do I say so? You have, I mean, uh, people debating tax payments and government waiving uh, tax for importations and all those things. If you look at those huge monies and government tried to collect those monies, I don't think we will, we will have problem. And this tier two pension as I rightly said, imagine a worker in the public universities, when you are at the service, you are struggling. Not talk of when you have been on retirement. In the retirement, you need more resources to take care of yourself because the person is aging. So the person, I mean, buy drugs almost here and, I mean, almost every day, visiting hospitals and all that. So in active service, you are struggling. And all the time, and you are, the money that you are supposed to use in taking care of yourself, government is still holding part of this money. I think it, it, it is something that government will have to look at it and make sure well, that they pay this money. are you in attempting a resolution to this problem? Have you been called for a conversation by government? As a matter of fact, tertiary education workers in Ghana have not been called for any engagement. Um, even after you declared a strike? Yes, even after we declared a strike. In spite of all the filth we've, we've seen on the campuses. Exactly. So we, 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 I mean, what government sought to say was, oh, they are trying to pay 
uh, the tier two pensions funds and they believe if they pay will go back to work. Forgetting that the, the tier two pension fund is not just the only issue that we have. We have problems of payment of vehicle maintenance allowance to oh, so that, staff. That is also part of the Yes, that is also now. part. Yes. Vehicle maintenance vehicle allowance. Maintenance, yes, and then overtime allowance to uh, our deserving staff in the public. So you're saying that even if they pay the pensions that you've asked for, you still remain on strike until they pay you the vehicle maintenance allowance. Exactly, because we expect government to engage us. We sit down to dialogue on those issues. And the, the surprising thing is that National Labor Commission, uh, in their last ruling that we had, I mean, UTAC, GAWA, ACC, and Ghana, the rule was that government should pay us a vehicle maintenance allowance without any discrimination. But here's the case. Government is paying this allowances, but rather trying to say that they will not pay some of our members. And the issue is very clear. We have a condition of service, and the condition of service says that if you have a motorbike, they should pay the motorbike maintenance allowance. If you have a car, they should pay the car maintenance allowance. How much is that? What's the average amount? That yes. So it depends on the, car, the type of car you drive. Exactly. You know, the car maintenance allowance is fixed. And that was what we were fighting for some few uh, months ago. That is the 10.99 mm -hmm. increment. Yes. So it is fixed and it is across board. As long as you are a permanent staff in the public universities, when you owe a car, you, you, submit, yes, you submit the car documents to I mean, uh, the employers. They make sure that it goes through auditing. auditing will, auditors will check to be sure whether you have a car. Is the car belongs to you before they pay you this allowance. So vehicle maintenance allowance... Overtime allowance, Overtime and allowance. your pensions, exactly. and deductions made that have not been paid. Exactly. Back to so these are the issues that the exactly, exactly. <clears throat> uh, pardon me, uh, Mr. Sama with the NLC. This is something you've engaged on. Um, have you made any progress? Well, like you said, the National Labour Commission has given uh, its ruling that um, they should be paid. So we expect um, government to comply. Except that it's unfortunately, it's unfortunately that that has not been done. But like you said, they are still engaging on the time for payment and, and mode of payment. But we are giving our ruling. What about the pension subject? Yes, the pension also came before the commission. And government readily, readily agreed that, yes, the deductions have been made. It wasn't paid to the fund managers. So they want to negotiate with them. So that they do the payments. I suspect the money is not lying down, so they want to pay over a period. And that is the negotiation that is going on. I think there was a meeting on the first of February about five days ago. But um, the unions are insisting that they are not negotiating anything. They want to see the payment to their fund managers because um, some of their colleagues have gone on retirement already and they need to get the money to live on. So if you want to say you want to negotiate and pay it later, so how long would it wait? And I think that is what they said before the commission. So, I mean, as to their entitlement to that money being paid to their fund managers, there's no argument about it, but it's a matter of uh, payment. That is what they are relying on now. Okay. There's a fundamental question that must be asked, though. And, Professor Bopping, that question goes to you. It comes down to the government's ability to pay, to pay the overtime allowance, to pay the vehicle maintenance allowance, and there's a real financial reason why the, the, the pension fund's contributions have actually been deducted but not paid to the fund managers. We all saw what happens with the 
with the fund managers around the time we're doing the domestic debt exchange. Can government afford, realistically, where we are to meet the demands of, of labor? I think the government can afford. You think so? These are obligations. Yeah, if it matters most to government, they will find the money. They are competing interests, right? They are competing interests. So, I mean, if it's about organizing uh, a by-election in a constituency, government will find the money to do it. They will spend their way to win that election. So government has to find the money. But, but you know... Yeah. You, but you know that there isn't fiscal space for that. I mean, where they find election money, they will tell you it is private contributions that they raise for that. It, it doesn't come from state government. It doesn't come from revenues we collect from taxes. This one, it has to come from the consolidated fund somehow. And that is tightly monitored. They can't find the money realistically, can they? Imans, uh, I'll just give you... I've, I've said this a couple of times, right? If you pick just the two main tax handles, VAT and corporate income tax. The VAT inefficiency is more than 56%. The corporate income tax, the inefficiency is more than 82%. So there's considerable room to collect more tax revenue through efficient compliance and administrative reforms. It's possible. It's also possible for the same government to look at the overall cost of governance. Government has option. It's but, just that, you know, there are competing interests. So you rank them. But, 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 but the if it's less, possible, pay less attention to them. But, but if it's possible, why is it that mm-hmm. no government has achieved anything close to bridging that gap in the efficiency, that efficiency gap? Because it's been there for as long as Ghana has been, has been a republic. So I think that government responds to incentives. How organized labor presses for their needs, government will respond. And government would have to be efficient, and government will have to block the leakages in the revenue envelope and all of that, because these are obligations. These are obligations that you, you, you have to prioritize. These are workers. Look, it's just that, look, Evans, we don't value the average worker. If we had those values for them, we wouldn't allow our pensioners to go through what they went through with their domestic debt exchange and picketing and the rest of them. We just don't have values for ourselves that much. So I, I think that, and the point is that it is not as though these are trade-offs, investment that you hope that a, a very committed and well-governed country can turn itself around and reward labor for the sacrifices they've made. That is not guaranteed. Okay, that's not guaranteed. And, and increasingly, we are losing confidence and trust in government and government institutions. And that is very, that's why it's very difficult to really come to the aid of government in difficult times like this. Yeah. Because the government is not giving any indication that really the austerity is biting on them. Okay? And that when we say tighten your bet, they are equally doing so. They are not doing so. Well, you make they the are point transferring about... the burden. 
you, you made a point about difficult times like this. Mr. Samoa, at the National Labor Commission, considering the organized labor position on a 15% VAT on electricity consumption, considering the TEU, the Senior uh, University Senior Staff Association strike that we've, we, we have, we've already seen, are you really concerned that we are gradually just walking into a major crisis on the labor front if this is not checked immediately? That may overwhelm you. Oh, I don't think um, we, are, we, we have crisis on our hand now. For us, as a commission, but as a commission, what are we there to do? We are there to adjudicate on cases, facilitate settlement, settle if need be, mediate and arbitrate on our main labor disputes as and when they arise. And um, I don't think that this challenge has been difficult for us to do. We are like um, what um, our friend in Tim said and that of TUC. Their cases came before us. The commission looked at it. Now your pensions have been deducted. It has all been paid to the fund manager. Was that the arrangement? The arrangement is that deduct the money, pay to the fund managers. If it is not paid within a specific period, this is the interest or penalty that you are supposed to pay. Accordingly, the commission gave this directive. But it was when it came to the penalty that the government alleges that there was a negotiation between them and organized labor so that the 3% will not apply, which was denied by, uh, what do you call it, the union leaders of the various universities. So then they are given the chance to go and see whether that negotiation was done on their behalf, and that is what they are negotiating. If you come out to say that there was an agreement on the 8th when they appear before the commission, the commission adopts it. But if it is not, the commission will give you its directive and we expect whichever party against whom it goes to comply. You see, we thought that I don't think it's a difficult Where there's no compliance, the law provides for means of enforcement, either against the government, any other employer, or the unions. So, um, you see, when we want to talk about crisis, there are some of them which is not linked to the work of the Labor Union. Uh, sorry, the Labor Commission. For example, the protest against the 15% electricity. That has nothing to do with the National Labor Commission. Because, like you said, this is one of organized labor. And Except that, the Mr. Samoa, they've served you notice that after the 13th protest, if nothing happens, they will withdraw their service. They will go on strike. Yes, we haven't received that notice yet, like Mr. Hanson said. When it comes to there, we get to that bridge. We will know how to cross it. But at the moment... Just um, wearing red armbands and going on one day demonstration to protest against the fifteen percent. I don't think um, I would describe it as a crisis on our hands. Mr. Samuel, you, you said earlier that on the issues that had been raised by Taylor and others, that you had a clear ruling on the matter that government must pay, yeah. right? Yeah. Government hasn't yeah. paid. What is the commission allowed to do to enforce that? Because you have the power. Be warned. That once you pick up a refreshingly cold drink from McDonald's and people see just how refreshingly cold that drink from McDonald's is, you may create drink envy because there are drinks 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. For a morning brew that really creates a stir, get any size iced coffee, including caramel and French vanilla, for just 99 cents before 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. That's of a high court. Yes, we do. And um, you see, when a decision is given uh, on your behalf, and the other party is expected to comply, when there is no compliance, it is reported to the commission, and then the commission will seek enforcement in the high court. So why are you not in the high court seeking enforcement against the government? Because the, the last time they appeared before the commission, after they had complained, they agreed to go and negotiate. You see, in fixing the on the eighth, it was the two parties who agreed that um, they want to go and see your government have made a proposal. You see, the thing is, the government is not denying that they are not entitled to all the deductions were in them. But they said, yes, we did it. Yes, we owe. There's an applicable penalty. However, we want to talk with you because we cannot pay it instantly. You see, if there was an outright rejection at the time, then we know that we have hit the world as a stalemate, then the commission must take a decision. But at the time, the unions agreed that we are ready to meet them on the first, and whatever happens, we will convey our report to the commission on the eighth. So, so to be, mm-hmm. it was clear that they have hit the wall; nothing can be done. Then the commission will proceed. But where the parties appearing before the commission have agreed to go and meet on it, who are we to say no? Because you know, when it comes to labor and industrial relations. It's, it's not a one-time thing. After all, whatever happens, they will go back and work together. It just doesn't end there. Mm. So we're part, we allow parties to negotiate, to settle, so that they come out with terms that are acceptable to them because they came out, they, they made yeah. it themselves. But, but, but so, 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 to be, so to be clear, the, the, the only reason why the NMC hasn't gone to the high court, to the court, to enforce its ruling against the government on the subject of the non-payment of... The, uh, the tier two uh, pensions, the deductions that have been made, the overtime allowance and the vehicle maintenance allowance is because the workers themselves have agreed to sort of negotiate with the government. Yes. So they have shown that there's room for engagement. So we cannot shut the door. Okay. But if, if on the 8th, or is it on the 8th and on the 14th, Gawa is coming, if they come and it is clear, that they have hit the world, there's no room for any further negotiation with this or anything. Then the commission must take a decision where we can leave it to hang. So that is where we are. Yeah, give me your reaction to that. I think um, there, is, there is a fundamental problem when it comes to NRC ruling and directing government to do something right. Because before NRC ruled for the payment of the vehicle maintenance allowance and then the overtime and extra duty allowance and the tier two, there was, I mean, a lot of engagement between the labor unions uh, with government and then NLC. So there were negotiations, and we agreed at the labor, uh, how to call it, at the NLC that uh, they should give a ruling. And NLC gave a ruling that government should pay this money yeah, he said that, that, he, without delay. I'm yeah, coming. So, 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 but he so, said, you accept that the reason why they haven't enforced it through the courts is because of your own agreement to sit with government and negotiate. That, that, that may not be accurate. Let me, let me make this point very clear. What government was asking for us to sit down to negotiate on the payment issue was the tier two. Government says they were not having 
having had the quality. They were not having enough money to pay at a book, but they promised that they will pay up to date, but the penalty was the problem. And they said, we'll negotiate with the I mean, so we with government. Yeah. Yes, as far as, as far as the, I mean, how to call it, the, the penalty is concerned. But when it comes to the payment of the vehicle maintenance allowance and the overtime, and the, and the, and the overtime allowance, it is not negotiable. We have done with that, with government. Don't forget so that. So you didn't agree to no, shake no, no, the government no, that? No, don't forget that these uh, components are something that has been part of our salaries. So before every year, there's always a budget to, this, I mean, to, to the effect of this payment. So government is, government is very clear about how these payments are going to be. But we are only trying to make sure that they should respect the status quo, the agreement that we have with, with them, that is our collective agreement. Because the labor law made it very clear that if you had an agreement, I mean, with the employer, mm. no party can vary it unless the two parties sit on a round table to do that. Yeah. So at what point will government will decide that, look, even though you have a car, we'll pay you motorbike allowance? Let me ask you, so what, what's your next move? He said the reason why they haven't enforced it is because of you. You say, well, you have to distinguish the issues. Yes, we agreed to save the government about the pensions, but on... So what's your next move?